Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You know, it would be pretty cool to listen to music and uh, great hits, superstars, and know that you wrote the song or co-wrote the song, and that's the story for my next guest, Jim Valance, who's just been inducted into the Canadian Songwriters Hall of Fame, uh, along with uh, Brian Adams, and uh, Jim and Brian collaborated on many songs. Uh, Massey Hall, September 24, there'll be a big gala, and Jim Valance, Brian Adams, will be starring in that. Jim, thank you for coming on the show. What's it feel like when you hear, you listen to the radio, and on comes a song, and you you wrote it? How does that feel? Well, I mean, just now, listening to your, your intro, uh, you know, Summer 69, I just, when I hear it, I think of the room Brian and I were in when we wrote it, and I think about recording it, and, you know, hearing Steven Tyler, I think about spending time with him and how much fun that was. So, uh, for me, the songs are, 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 you know, personal memories. I'm sure everyone has their own interpretation and their own memories, but um, I go back to the to the recording studio where we were and when we made those songs. Yeah. Well, you've done... You've written so many great songs for so many great arts. You're you're a, a very talented musician and, and studio producer yourself, record producer. And I have to say this. First of all, congratulations for the induction into the Canadian Songwriters Hall of Fame. That must be, uh, that has to be a really, really um, significant moment, isn't it? When, you, when your peers recognize you. Well, it's a real thrill. And, and when you think about who's been inducted so far, not that I can hold a candle to them, but... You know, all of my heroes, you know, when I started out 50 years ago, you know, I was listening to Joni Mitchell and Neil Young, and, and you know, now I'm joining that list of inductees. So that, to me, that's the biggest thrill. Yeah. Congratulations on being a member of the Order of Canada. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and, and when you talk about your successes in music, I know that you've won for, or you received four Junos. I never like to say one. It's it's an earned award. Four Junos for Composer of the Year, a record, I'm told, in this country. So the your contribution to music in this country and music internationally is just so so great. I mean, you've written for Brian Adams, particularly, or with Brian, but, you know, uh, Aerosmith, Rod Stewart, Kiss, Heart, now What About Love, what a great song, Ozzy Osbourne, and, and more. So how does that work? Um, how do the songs come about? Um, do, you, do you write the song and you find the artist? Uh, does the artist reach out to you the, and, and say, let's write a song together, Jim? How does it generally work? Or is there no particular formula? Well, I mean, in the beginning, you don't have a reputation or a track record, so it's hard to get traction. But once, uh, I mean, I started off with Brian right from square one. He was still 18, living with his mom when he and I started. And once he and I had, had a couple of hits, and other people started ringing me up, uh, and and they would uh, they were happy to come to Vancouver where I was living at the time, and we would just start from scratch, you know, with Ozzy or Stephen or any number of artists I work with. You just you know get in a room and sit there and stare at a blank page for for a while, and then you know songs come together very slowly, a little snippet of an idea of lyric or melody, and you just stretch it and grow it, and with any luck, by the end of the day, you've uh, You've got a song, or at least the beginnings of one. Do you mind if I live vicariously through you for a while? Uh, let's try. 
What comes first, the lyrics or the music? Uh, never the same. It's always uh, it's always different. Um, but it's good to have a title. I think the title is is king. If you have a, a memorable title, you know, like Summer '69, that kind of rolls off the tongue pretty good. You know, two S's. It it's called alliteration. If you can get a good title, sometimes a song will almost write itself. Summer 69 was, I think, voted the number one driving song in the world. When you're looking at somebody at a red light and they're bobbing around and their heads flailing and their arms are moving and you can know that you know they're singing, you have a pretty good good idea. It's got the summer of 69. That's nice to know. You co-wrote Tears Are Not Enough for Northern Lights and the 1985 African Famine Relief. What was that experience like? And I ask you that because... You know, we're hearing about food security concerns now uh, globally. So if you go back to 1985, Tears Are Not Enough, how did that come about? How did the, the writing the song come about? Well, first of all, as you know, uh, Bob Geldof did, um, do they know that was what kicked off the whole uh, famine relief right. uh, fundraising effort. And then uh, Quincy Jones, Michael Jackson, and Lionel Richie put together We Are the World. And then I was actually at... Little Mountain Studios one day in Vancouver, and uh, David Foster came out of the control room. Um, I wasn't working with him. We were doing separate sessions in separate rooms, but he came out into the lobby, and he looked at me with kind of a panic, and he said, Jim, you have a home studio, don't you? I said, uh, yeah. He says, I just got a call from Quincy Jones. He wants a Canadian song for African famine relief. What are you doing tonight? So that was literally how it started. So David and I got together that night, I uh, got a start on the song. Uh, Brian was on tour. He came back the next day, and he jumped in. And that was a Sunday. The following Sunday, we were in Toronto with that whole cavalcade of, of Canadian music stars, O'Neill Young, Joni Mitchell, Getty Lee, uh, I mean, Burton Cummings. So it, it literally came together in a week. And uh, I credit Brian's manager, Bruce Allen, with making all of that happen. But um, I just sort of felt like I was caught up in a, in a whirlwind. But it was... It, it was magical. It was really special. Yeah, to, to get that phone call saying you have a home studio, don't you? And from David <laughs> Foster, there, there you go. And a week later, you're all in the studio doing this. It was just amazing. It's still such a great song to listen to. And remember why it was important. It also is really significant. Remind us about how you and Brian Adams met. Well, like I said, he was um, he was 18, living with his mom, flat broke, and I ran into him in a music store, Long and McQuaid in, in Vancouver. And uh, we had a quick chat, and, and Brian asked me what I was up to. And I'd, I'd just quit the band Prism, and he had just quit his band, Sweeney Todd. And we said, well, let's, uh, let's hang out. So we got together a couple of days later and wrote a song the first day, and we've never stopped. What are we going on? Going on 45 years now, we've just never stopped. Yeah, and, it's amazing. I mean, the funny thing is, and Brian doesn't mind me saying, but he was he was so broke, I used to have to give him 50 cents to take the bus home to his mom's place. <laughs> well, and not, not broke anymore. And and you, 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 the two of you have just provided such great music. Apart from Brian Adams, is there somebody you particularly enjoy working with? From, and I'm not, maybe this isn't a fair question, but... I'm asking it anyway. Is there somebody you have a particularly special relationship with in the music world? Well, the, who you recognize? The only reason it's not a fair question is that they were just all so great. Um, okay. I mean, Steven Tyler, you know, what you see is what you get. He's just, 
you know, a, a genius madman bouncing off the walls, and he's so talented and so much fun to spend time with. I mean, Ozzy is, despite what you might think from his uh, television show, he's a really bright guy, very intelligent, extremely funny. Um, gosh, Joan Jett was uh, was nice to spend time with. Um, you know, they, they've just all been great. I, I can't point to anyone that wasn't really special that, that I didn't have a ton of fun with. You wrote uh, Pretty Woman, the musical, the, uh, the music for it with uh, with Brian, and that's turned into a huge international success. So it just you just have this touch, you have this ability to reach people with your music. So let me ask you the toughest question of all. I'm sure you've asked this, been asked this a thousand times. Do you have a favorite song or the songs you've written? I know it's like saying, who's your favorite kid? Uh, but do you have a, f- a favorite song of your own? Well, I kind of keep coming back because it's not the first time I've been asked that question. I kind of keep coming back to Summer of 69 because it was such a great time for Brian and I. We wrote it in January 84. Um, we were on a roll. We were writing every day. Um, ideas just kept coming. Uh, we were having fun. And um, and the funny thing about that song is we we didn't think it was, it was very good. Uh, when we finished it, we really? thought it wasn't... It almost didn't go on the album. We didn't think it was ready. So, oh, wow. I mean, you know, when I hear it today, like when you, you played it in your intro, I can't remember what we didn't like about it, but there was something bugging us at the time. So, um, but no, that's, I, I've got a lot of affection for that song because it's been, it's been really good to me. And, and I pinch myself, you know, 40 plus years later that it's still, um, still getting airplane. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.